Following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 26th, 2023, season 19, episode number four. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And this week, this week is the NFL Draft, uh, NFL Draft 2023 happening in Kansas City, Missouri. Is it Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas? Both. I know, but which one is Missouri? I think this one's in Missouri. All right, got it. So Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we'll actually have some folks out there covering the draft there. We'll have a whole team of people here at the Star covering the draft. Brian will be on the draft show that will be happening basically wall-to-wall, as you guys have come to expect from us, uh, starting on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we got it all covered. Uh, there's no better place to get your draft coverage, whether you're a Cowboys fan or not, than DallasCowboys.com, Cowboys Mobile. I think, think there's going to be enough people in here to be wall-to-wall. Yeah, gonna, we got a crew cool. this year. We got a crew this year. Yeah, Zach is uh, for 105.3. Zach's sitting out night one, so yep. Sean's hosting, and yep. we got our Teammates here with DallasCowboys.com, and then Sean leaves, and then Zach comes in. So On two and three, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of folks, but you know what we've learned over the years that we never stop talking. You don't. You know, you, the thing about it is, it is a we don't go to breaks on DallasCowboys.com. <laughs> it's solid. So if yeah. if we had if we, we had you how do you pee? You just get up. No, literally they don't. They don't. What they, don't. they do is they they take they take breaks because we simulcast with our sister station sister station one hundred five point three the fan. Yeah. And what we do is in the commercial breaks. And this was by the way, this was Scott Purcell's idea years ago. Scott was like, we don't have to go to breakon.com. Why don't we just keep going straight through it? I wish so Scott would have kept his mouth shut. <laughs> so literally, we get to break, and it's like okay, and then we're going to break, and then it's like. Hey, we're back on DallasCowboys.com. Let's yeah. talk some some draft. And so, so they just keep going straight. So you don't the- eat and you hold your pee. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so no, we we bring them food. They yeah, do. but it's they, weird. You eat it I know, on air. I know. And they decide whether they some of them you know, eat, some of them don't. They eat during the draft yeah. upstairs. Like you, I never wanted to leave the room. I always felt like I was missing something. Yeah. And yeah, the catfish. You, yeah, the catfish <laughs> is the absolute best. That old Eddie Dean would show I was about up. To say, oh my man, I miss gosh. Eddie Dean. That, Eddie the Dean food here is really good. Yeah, but I miss Eddie great. Dean. Yeah, yeah over when we were over, we first started all this this journey when Derek and everybody came up with this idea. Uh, we were, Ed Cahill, by the way, let's give Ed him a Cahill, shout out. Ed Cahill, God bless you, Ed Cahill. Yeah. Good luck in Atlanta with yeah. your draft as well. But uh, Ed, uh, yeah, it was like Eddie Dean used to show up, and literally you would like. You By the way, Eddie Dean is a it. restaurant, guys. It's yeah. not a guy. It's a restaurant. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, you could smell it. Like you'd be working and you could smell the the, the brisket and the ribs. and mm. the, So you'd just be sitting there and you're like, and then you knew at the end of the draft, and they were they were changing out meals. Oh, yeah. Like they had a they had a breakfast. They had a lunch. They had a dinner. They had a, hey, go have a snack when this thing is, when you're trying to sign players. So yeah, it was man. It, it, those were the those were the days. What do we have for this? Oh, we have internal. Like, don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. Let's not. Let's no, not. No, our food. Let's not punch here. at the folks here. Like the folks here in our in our cafeteria here, they do some really we're really good stuff. We're gonna have food. At yeah, night? We, will, we will definitely have. Can food. I can I tell a real quick story? <laughs> can I tell a real real quick story? I, yeah. I'll try and make it quick. 
25 years ago, I got to run the draft in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget because we cl- we're getting ready to go on the clock. And you might have heard this story. I've told it before on 105.3, I think. And I'm sitting next to Jeff Lurie's wife, Mrs. Lurie. I'm sitting next to her, Christine Lurie. I'm sitting next to her. And it's dead silent in our room. I mean, we're sitting there. We're getting ready to go on the clock. Nobody's saying anything. And she leans over to me and she goes, did you try the omelet station today? <laughs> and I go, yeah, Mrs. Lurie, I sure did. I had crepes, though. The crepes were excellent. You know, we're having a conversation. We're getting ready to go on the clock. Everybody's kind of looking at this. Con- and we're talking about the food that was pre-draft. And in a way, she kind of knew just to break the tension in the room. Mm-hmm. And she came up with, she came up, she just re- leaned over and says, you, did you try the omelet station today? <laughs> and she knew that I was going to answer. And I said, yes, ma'am, I did. But I had the crepes. The crepes were excellent. I don't know where you got this chef, but he's really good at these crepes. They were beautiful. They had strawberries. And, all, and he, she goes, she goes, I thought so too. I, you know, I was looking at the omelets, but the crepes, you know. So here we are, this yeah. whole big conversation during the draft. What happens when you go on the clock? You know the funny thing? Everybody's thinking you're just kind of sitting there just like, oh, gosh, we're going to make a pick yeah. here. You know, that kind of thing. It really isn't that way. I think fans probably think they, they envision yeah. what a draft war room is, and they think it's very always very intense. Yeah. Now, there's some tense moments sure. in draft war rooms. When you forget to turn large, in the pick? Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> by and large, like there is a lot of dead time yeah. when there's kind of just side conversations. When yeah. There's a little gambling. Messing around. Going, I don't know if gambling happens in these days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that happens. But. Well, not betting on teams. Teams, but yeah. betting on players that maybe you would say maybe back in the yeah. day we yeah maybe that was back in the day I'm back sure in the that day. these yeah. days that yeah. that's not a part yeah we of know it. about you and the gambling but thing we me and Rob Phillips understand <laughs> they, that they <laughs> shut that thing down there yeah. is no gambling in the NFL yeah um, but but yeah it's uh, it, I think it's 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 one of those interesting things that and we've even had we we have our our uh, our behind the scenes cameras and microphones so we've had a chance to listen in in war rooms and it's not always what you think it's a lot of sometimes just kind of a little light and then it gets really intense and and the conversations they're having uh where they're talking to not only like getting ready for the for the pick and brian you know this as well as anybody i was listening in one year and they they were reaching out to college coach literally called a college coach to ask him about a player because they were thinking about drafting him and wanted to kind of get his thoughts on it and uh and so those kind of things happen as well there's still some due diligence that's happening as you're going along and you're making decisions and trying to figure out how everything's going to play out that's how you piss off your scouts Oh yeah! <laughs> call the coach. Call the college coach. After they've on already the done clock, all the work, when they've yeah. done all the work for all these months and, and years, <laughs> yeah. and then oh, Brian say, would be turning red. I'm sure. Just in say, that oh, room, I yeah. love all six of y'all's reports that are six pages each. But you know what? I'm going to call this coach on his. This is right where now. this is why I'm probably not in a room anymore because I'd go, "What the <laughs> f are we doing right now? What are we doing?" Like you know, called, I would I would I would yell I would blurt that out. Yeah. They called it? Barry Switzer. Yeah. That was what I was talking about, actually. Okay. DeMarco Murray draft, wasn't it? Yeah. For DeMarco Murray, Barry Switzer hadn't coached at Oklahoma in like 17, 18 years or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, when Barry Switzer still tied in, plugged into the program, of course, mm-hmm. and all that. But they called him. I mean, they had running backs coaches. They had all these scouts that covered him and scouted him. And it's like Jerry even said it in the in the post in the post draft, like how they got to drafting Demarco Murray. He says Barry Switzer gave yep. his word of approval, and I, I could just feel I could feel <laughs> everybody that went through Norman that year, the national scouts, the lead scouts, personnel guys. Everybody just go just. 
you know, That's they just have to just one. take this, you know, ball up their fist, don't say anything <laughs> kind of a thing. But no, I mean, you know, yes, you use information. Yeah, no, you, doubt. It, no everybody uses information, but. While you're on the clock, I would. We got our board. You, you could hear my fingernails just dig into the desk <laughs> as that was as that was happening. All right, let's jump in. Uh, I wanted to start with a little talk around the pre-draft press conference that happened uh, earlier this week uh, yeah. with with Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones. Um, one of the things that that struck me initially, there was a conversation, uh, and this was probably what got the biggest play out of anything said during the uh, the press conference. But Jerry made the comment, "We may be interested in going down, or maybe up, or may might sit there," which is a typical comment from Jerry because he's just like, mm-hmm. at this point, we're just giving you yeah. basically information to kind of divert from where we really want to go and what we really want to do, which is what every team does. That being said. Question for you guys is, what do you think is more likely to happen this weekend? They sit and take the pick at 26, they move up, or they move back uh, before they take their first pick? I would say uh, make the pick at 26. That would be what I think would happen first. Uh, Trading back would be second, and then trading up would be third. I don't really see a scenario... I mean, I see some players there that they could they would want, but uh, trading up seems a little tough because you've already done that. You've already traded some fifth round picks, sixth round picks this year, next year to kind of improve your team with the Cooks and Gilmore's and stuff like that. So you've already kind of done it. I'm not saying you can't, but they like they like picks around here, and so to to move up to get a guy. I, it could happen, but it's more likely that they, they just make the pick right there. And I don't see them trading back very much because you're getting out of the first round. Yeah, I don't think definitely they wouldn't trade up because of the value. Like, you know how much they care about uh, about their trade value or their pick value. The only time, the, the only way I would see them trading back is if absolutely everybody, because it gets to that point where you get to the list of guys that you have that could easily fall into second gra- uh, second round grade. So the only way is if all the first round people have are gone at that point, I think if there is a, a trade option where you get more value that way and just add on picks and pick someone on the second round, that's the only way. But right now I do see it just staying there, and I think some guys will fall. Interestingly, as a point of, clarif- as a, point of, 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 uh, of a little more clarity there, they even said in the in the pre-draft presser they're thinking 15, 17, 18 are yeah. the number of players that they have first-round grades on. So the likelihood is when you get to 26, they're dealing with guys that are second-round yeah. grades at that point anyway. Right? I talked to two right, teams right. last night that were uh, both ahead of Dallas, and they had 16 and 18 names, mm-hmm. first-round grades. I'd heard the whispers of some teams only having nine, which seems wow. kind of – I've never heard nine. I've, it generally is somewhere between – 15 and say 20, you know, sometimes you get 22, 23, but it's very, very rare that you get. I think last year Dallas had 15 when Jerry accidentally kind of revealed his board. You know, he showed his, you know, he had 15 names. I think they did the research on that. But yeah, I, I, you know, to me, I think that going up only will happen if somebody is desperate enough to move. And I mean, somebody calls Dallas and says, Hey, listen, you interested? Say, let's say Baltimore wants to move at 22. And then Baltimore's just so adamant about getting out of there that they sell their pick for cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only way I see Dallas going up. I don't see Dallas paying a premium to have to go up. 
I think it's going to be a team, the Chargers, Baltimore, Minnesota, somebody like that that would bail and sell their pick for cheap. And then it makes sense for Dallas. Like, listen, on a, on a short move like this, we might have to give our three. But they're, they're, they want a, they want a four or five here. Should we we, we got to think about this, right, guys? You know, and if that's the case, that's where you dance forward. But trading back, I don't think there's. I think there's going to be enough players for them there that they don't have to trade back. And Stephen Jones will ask you the question, and he at, and he was on 105.3 the other day, and he said this, and they asked him a question: Would you trade back? And he said, "Who am I trading away from? Mm-hmm. Who am I trading away from?" And if that question is one where he's like, no, I would rather sit in here and pick this player than I would trade back. And I think that's where that's where you have to that they have to make that determination. Do we want to move away from this guy that we have at 26 to say go at 30 or places like that? I, I think that's what they'd have to weigh. And also, you know, the the selling the pick for cheap another team, it's gotta be that, that term we hear a lot, that that uh, blinking red light of that that guy's still up there because there, even if Minnesota or Baltimore or whoever wants to sell it for cheap, there's still got to be a player that's there that you're like, I would be crushed if he's not here at this point. I mean, the Cowboys moved two spots up to get Des Bryant, yeah. you know, and got ahead of Baltimore. They got really ahead, ahead of, of, but you got to yeah. get ahead of a team. Yeah, you know, in 1990, it's way back, but the, the teams from 17 to 20 wanted a running back. The Cowboys were at 21. They knew they needed to get 17 if they wanted to get a guy named Emmett Smith. So they did, you know, but they knew that right then that teams wanted them. So it's got to be a guy, it's got to be a good deal, and it's also got to be somebody that you don't think is going to make it to you. Well, you're right there. You're right there. If you're, if you're on the cusp, say, of the 18 names they have in the first round, say they, you know, that now you're in no man's land. So you're, you maybe, maybe you catch a break along the way that your guys would fall to you, but you might be on the cusp of not having that first round. The only reason you do it would go and get a guy that you still have yeah, in the first, first round. Yeah, and that's my question. Yeah. Like, are there some names of some guys that I know we've talked about Bijan Robinson because he's a guy that because of his position, mm-hmm. people are like, there is a chance that maybe he drops to you. Is there a player that you can think of that's a, a first round type grade um that you think there are things that could 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 transpire that allows him to drop to you that you could get to where he gets to maybe 20, 21, 22 that you would say, hey, this is worth us going up to get because he's such a good value. I kind of feel like there's a couple of spots there that, that for some reason word is starting to filter through the drafting world that Joey Porter yeah, Jr., that. the corner from Penn State, would be a guy – now. I've looked at this a couple of different ways. Joey Porter's the ninth best player on my board. He's the cornerback he, uh, from Penn State. He's the 16th best player on Dane Brugler's board. He's the 23rd best player on Daniel Jeremiah's board. Okay, Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL scout, yep. you know, been in the league, so he's evaluating guys too. He's talking to people. Okay, would Joe would maybe potentially the best corner on your board mm-hmm. gets to 23? Now you're talking about, wait a minute. Is that worth it? Is, yeah. it? is it worth it to me? Another one I think you have to look at. If you're looking at edges, Miles Murphy from Clemson is another one. Miles Murphy for on, on my board is at 14. On Dane Burglar's board, he's at 21. On Daniel Jeremiah's board, he's at 21. Okay, is there value all of a sudden there? Okay, one of the best edges in the draft is sliding to us. 
you know, is it worth it to make a five five uh, move mm-hmm. trade up to go and get a guy that potentially, like I said, could be. He might be the 14th, maybe 12th, 13th, 14th best player on their board. All of a sudden, you're making a small move. You've gone from basically 26 to say, you know, to you know, to 20 to go grab a player that has even better value there. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC, throwing out a wide receiver here. He's a little bit of a smaller guy. He's 5'11", 173. 15th best player on my board. 25th best player on Dane Brugler's board. 15th best player on Daniel Jeremiah's board. Okay, where is he somewhere in between? If you're into that wide receiver, if you feel like that he's the first first wide receiver on your board, maybe that's where you think about going and you know, you don't want him to slide any further because people are seeing the same thing you are. They're seeing sliding players and yep. they're thinking, how do we go and get this guy now? Yep. You know, so that's what you have to look at. All right. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about that running back position because I think that's the one that, that's really interesting to a lot of people because of the position itself and because of some of the talent there. Uh the quote that came out of the uh the presser was if there's a good running back sitting there, I can't imagine he's not going to get a lot of attention from us about what we could do, what he could do. Uh, if the right guy were there, we'd certainly look at it. That was a quote from Stephen Jones. My question for you guys is, is Bijan the only running back in that conversation, or is Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama, also a part of that conversation as a potential first-round pick? I think he's a potential first-round pick, but I don't know if he's viewed as the most complete back. Um, I think there are some concerns there with, with him being – Sort of Tony Pollard-like, which is not a bad thing, but but a guy that that is an outside perimeter. perimeter. I, I don't know if he is an in, you know a, a guy that lives in between the tackles as much, um, but uh, he he's a dynamic player. There's no doubt about it. I've seen him hit two home runs in the same quarter right in front of me at, there at Arkansas, and and he was unbelievable. So fast. Uh, he's just a dynamic player. But I don't. I mean, I don't think he's a trade up for a guy. I think he's a guy that that if he's there. They would. I don't know if he, they would take him, though. I'm not sure about that. I don't know where they stand on yeah. Gibbs. Yeah, for the first round, the only running back that I would go for would be Robinson. That's it. Um, I think the more you look at just history and everything, I think you can find value in other rounds at the running, uh, the running back position. So I just don't see the need to force yourself to take somebody that, yeah, could help you at the position, but you also got to remember – you have Tony Pollard this year. I know you you have to keep thinking about the future because right now we haven't heard anything happening about his contract, if they're going to give him a contract or uh, extend him, his stay here. But all in all, you've backed yourself up with what you got for this year. Yes, you still need to draft a running back in this draft, but I would look at like even further, like maybe third round or something like that for a running back, unless – Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Robinson makes a, a lot of sense there. I think he would number one it'd be the best player on their board. And I, I, I I'm one of these guys that actually worries about Philadelphia not picking him at ten, mm. but moving up ahead of you and trying to grab him mm-hmm. at you know, knowing the, they have the thirty first? The thirty they have 32nd. the thirty. Thirty. 30. 30 okay. They have the thirty. And I would worry about them just Philadelphia's a team that likes to move around if they see value on mm-hmm. the board. And so I worry what about happened, sorry. What happened with the since we're talking about the running back and, and and Philly? What happened with their whole campaign of trying to get Zeke? I think that, I thought that was personally, and this is not something that I know for and a fact. And campaign by other my, players yeah, from their my, team. My understanding was that that was more of a 
you know, Zeke's people kind of putting Agent that out driven. there as these are the three teams yeah. that Zeke has an interest in, not right. so much Philly saying we want Zeke. Right. I, that was my impression. Right. Well, I was by campaign. I meant by like you saw multiple players from the Philadelphia Eagles tweeting out, "We want Zeke" or something like that. But anyways, I'm but just wondering how that plays into yeah. what they're doing in the draft as far as the yeah. running back position. Yeah, I think Philly. I think Philly. I don't think they would take Robinson at ten, but I think they would consider him at thirty. Mm-hmm. The value there is too much, and people are, are. You know, I think Dallas is doing a good job of not saying anything about Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. They haven't thirty visited him. They, if you listen to his discussions of who's visit with, I think the two teams were Philadelphia. Uh, was one of them, and God, I can't remember. There was two teams, but yeah, it was it. Two. I don't remember. It, it's that's it. It's it's been a very small group because I think he's one of these players that no that everybody recognizes as a top five player. They just don't know where to take him in the draft, and that, they don't it, want to give their hand away exactly. on where they would take him exactly. if, if he got to a certain point. Yeah. If I'm Dallas, I would be concerned if I was sitting on waiting for him and see. But you're, to your point. Spears from Tulane, Bigsby from Auburn, Roshan Johnson from Texas. Those are all third-round guys that if you drafted, they very well in 2024 could be your starting running back. Mm-hmm. That's that's just that this draft is really it's unusual for the number of short wide receivers, depth at tight end, running back depth throughout and then your cornerback. So yeah, there's spots, but yeah, if to your point it's really Bijan Robinson or bust in mm-hmm. what I would do if I was the Cowboys. All right, we're going to take our, our final break. I mean, our, sorry, I'm sorry, our first break here. Uh, we're going to come back. we got a few more things I want to hear from the, uh, the well, I presser. shouldn't say bust. I should say if I don't get him, I can go get others. Right. I shouldn't say That's bust. the only running back you'd be looking at the first round. First round, right. Yep. right. All right, we'll talk about a little more draft when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. No one knows where this market will go. Right now, it feels like a wild ride. But one thing's for certain, there's a way through it. And the experience and guidance of a Merrill advisor can help you get there. Because where there's a bull, there's a way. Find an advisor in North Texas at ml.com slash bullish. Merrill, a Bank of America company. What would you like the power to do? 
Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor. Member SIPC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corp. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the break. The 10th annual Reliance Home Run Derby is back at Riders Field in Frisco on May 3rd at 6 p.m. Come see your favorite Dallas Cowboy players. Swing for the fences to raise money for the Salvation Army. Admission and parking are free. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash ReliantHRD to learn more. See you there. HRD, that's Home Run Derby. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the star the segment presented to you by Blockchain.com. Let us uh, talk about some specific names for the draft this weekend, particularly on Thursday night. I want to go around the table. I want each of you guys. I told you to prepare for three. We don't have enough time for that. So we're going to have <laughs> each of you give us one player that is a realistic shot of being there at 26 uh, that you think would be best option, best case scenario for Dallas to select at that position. Let's start first with you, Mr. Eatman. No, I'm going last. All right, I let's told go them first. I'm going last because I, they let them make the picks. Then I, I got like a hundred names. So All right, let's I, go. I let's go, Brian. Brian, give me your, give me yours. I think Drew Sanders is a legitimate option there for the Dallas Cowboys, a linebacker from Arkansas. Depending on which way the draft, I kind of feel like Roll that tied. the the yeah the draft is <laughs> is going to the draft could fall a couple of different ways. Uh, for the Cowboys, I think they've left themselves open to take a lot of different players. Nick's talking about mm-hmm. maybe nine names there. Could there a guard be there? Could a wide receiver be there? The tight end's a very popular thing, depending on which tight end it is. Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like the one player that I know will be there when they pick at at twenty six is Drew Sanders, that uh, that uh, linebacker there from Arkansas. Okay, since Derek has to take a call, I'm going to kind of change it up a little bit, go back to what you said. You said originally we said three names. Yeah, so I had three. Let's I had three. For, let's go for three. I think yeah, time. I had three. I, I had three names. But show. he knew how much, how long I talked, so yeah. he's smart about that. I think Dal- I think Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah, would be a consideration, absolute consideration there. I know uh, a lot of people have. Best ta- tight end on your board? No, actually, the other tight end is the best tight end on my board. But Mayor. Kincaid, Mayor is number Mayor is number 18 on my, on my stack of 200. And, and ten, uh, Kincaid is twenty-two. So, but I think if they if they had a choice, one of these tight ends is going to be gone. Kincaid or Merrick, both tight ends could be gone too. But I think if they had a choice, they probably would take Kincaid. That's just right. my that's my guess there. All right, let's we'll stop at two there because then you'll go for two for you. Are you mayor. So I'm just changing. I'm, I'm completely changing. And also, but but I think. You were saying tight end may be one of yours. So well, you know, I I haven't been necessarily a fan for drafting a tight end sure. this year, sure. just because I feel there are other bigger needs. But the more yeah. I look at the draft and and everything, you know, whatever kind of offensive weapon you can bring in this year, you need it wherever mm-hmm. that is. Whether that's running back, whether that's a wide receiver. That somehow, if there is a trade happening, now you fall into the second round, you decide to draft a wide receiver there. I think that can be 
uh, very much necessary and impactful in the offense, as well as a guy that's a tight end. You mentioned Mayer, and one thing I really like about him is his blocking abilities. Right. Uh, and, and I know, and we've talked about it, people comparing him to Jason Witten. Um, some people compare him to him. But one of my guys, like my main guy right now, I think would be Steve Avila. Mm-hmm. Esteban. I don't know if he's... If he if he's Hispanic or not, I know he was uh, he's local from uh, yeah. Arlington. Yeah, um, I like his name, not the short version. Esteban Avila. Okay. We'll see if he speaks. You're one of the but, few people that spe- uh, that know exactly how that um, rolls. Yeah, but can he play? Yeah, but can he play? I <laughs> like his ability. He has the you know he's played on, in all three positions on the yeah. on the O line. He has experience in all three: tackle, center, and guard. And I think he he can be a guy. That although eventually you want to find the specific position and keep him at a, at a certain spot, he can be someone that the type of player that this O-line needs right now that has that type of flexibility to move around and be put what he needs to put. I think he has a, a lot of power and strength. And I, one of the things I was reading about him that I really like is his um, captain Ability, yeah. his leadership, leadership, the type right. of player, the type of mentality that you need, right. um, especially in the O line, and and that type of uh, devotion and concentration. So he he would be my my top guy right now as far as who I think might be available there. But like I've said before, if yeah. Robinson is on, yeah, Robinson somehow there, yeah. Definitely take him, but if not, I I'm looking more for alignment. Yeah, I, th- I think you nailed the you nailed the the description of the player. I think you got him absolutely right. How do you say his name? Avila. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what 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 both she of those, says it better than me. Well, <laughs> both of you those guys um, are are plug and play guys. Yeah. You know, you take a tight end in the first round, he's, mm-hmm. he's starting, and you take a guard yeah. or center, or he's a guard at this point. He he starts, and so. Um, the thing of, about Drew Sanders that I like is is I'm not comparing him to Micah Parsons, but the fact that he is an outside linebacker, but he can rush from the outside, he right. can play different things. Right. There, there's a lot, and and if you just watch him, he because he walked in through the training table on the thirty visits, so he might have been a Dallas State guy because he was local, but he was he was there. And I thought it was Leighton Van Der Esch. I mean, literally thought that was who it was. Right. I mean, that's, that's big, tall. You know, same color hair. I mean, it's just everything. And so if he can be like a Leighton Vanderush, you know, especially as a rookie, stay healthy, I think he's even more dynamic than that. Who's your third guy? We, we, we my, switched it to back to three. So yeah, I, I, I actually, I actually, when I, I, think we're doing about, a, I give up my right to say anything about it. So I, I threw, we're talking about kickers and punters. Yeah, okay. I threw a big curveball in there at three, and I went with Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi State. He's is, only got six pick sixes. Yeah. So <laughs> takes it to the house. <laughs> maybe maybe this is one of these guys that we haven't talked a whole heck of a lot about. The thing yeah. we've talked about is he is a slight built guy. He's a at combine he weighed in at 166 pounds. Dang. If you're one of these people that believe in numbers and metrics and things like that, there's only been two corners that have been drafted that have weighed less and played and had success. So I think that to me with Forbes, the tape is just that good. You know, where if you got to the point where it's like, we're going to take a defensive player. And I know people are talking about McDonald and others, the edges and things like that. If you're looking at a corner that can just lock some people down and their situation at corner might not be as ideal looking forward, 
I, I, I think that Emmanuel Forbes would be a guy that I would keep an eye on as that guy. So I have this question. I, I heard, I've heard other people say a similar thing about him, that the tape says he can play regardless yep. of his size. For the Cowboys, where they have had some challenges on the perimeter being able to stop the run, um, and, and he's not afraid. That's my question. Yeah, because you got some slight built guys like yeah. Jordan Lewis. To me, he's little. Yeah, but Jordan ain't scared. Like right. he's gonna come up and he's gonna he's gonna make the tackle. My question is, is he a good guy in in when it comes to his run support? Yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I, I don't think there's a, a, a coward bone in his body. This this guy is super competitive in the way you watch him play, and I think that's the one thing. This this class has guys that were willing to come up. And that first line of my notes is appears real thin on tape, but don't let his let his lack of bulk flew, uh, fool you. He does a really good job of coverage, but he also has uh, also does a good job of dealing with the run. He's more than willing to drive down to try and make plays. He'll throw his body in there, wrap up, and other times he'll just launch himself. Love the effort he plays with in there in that area. So I don't have a problem. I mean, I, I think he's got toughness. Good. I don't think he's scared to, to make plays. Okay, who's your guy? There's only, other than that, there's one. only one other guy that I want that them one. to get in the first round, and and I know it's not a likely, it's not a likely thing to happen, but I am just number praying two. What's to number God. Two? Who's number two? <laughs> I don't know, um, or at least position wise, where where are you looking? But see, that's part of the problem. Like I I would look for who's the guy that's the 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 guy that I think it's named maybe Washington. That they think can immediately the, the plug in. in at, yeah. No, no, not 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 that guy. The guy that can immediately plug in at guard. Um, Osiris Torrance from Florida or Steve Avila from TCU. No, it wasn't even one of them. Darnell Wright. That's who it is. Yeah, it's Darnell Wright. Oh, that's one of my. Oh, Darnell Wright. No, Darnell Wright. That's the one that that's I, I, I would, intrigues me just because of where would, he would fit. Yeah. That's where that that one intrigues yes. because of where he could where he would fit. I don't love, and I've heard all the conversation on Meyer. I don't love. That type of player, if if yeah. what they're describing is what he is, hmm. then I don't love that type of player at 26. I want a dynamic player at 26, or I want somebody that immediately is better than what I got. I think Meyer right now, if you plugged him in based upon what I've heard, I'm not sure he's better than what you already have at tight end. He is he just he might be a better growth, blocker? Sure. Maybe a better blocker. Yeah, but you could get a better blocker. I've heard you say there are some some oh, guys no. that are that, blockers that, in the third and fourth round. Right? To, her, to her point about she made a. Uh, uh, Ambar made a point about the running backs. If you wouldn't take one in the first, you could take a tight end in the third. You know, whether that's, you know, we'll see Kraft from South Dakota State, Laporta from uh, from Iowa is another guy that you might, you know, you might have to consider about that. Schoonmaker from Michigan is another guy. They run the ball behind. I've got him as the 86th best player on my board. So, yeah, it, it's not about having to take one of – there's a difference, though, between these top tight ends because of the downfield ability. When you get down into the draft, you lose that ability to have the downfield threat. you got good catchers of the football, but you might have a little bit better blockers is what you might have if you look in that third, fourth, and fifth round for a, for a tight end. Yeah, Who's your other guy? I had Darnell Wright, and then I also had Will McDonald from Iowa State. I think they like him. I, I looked at him, some tape on him. And, and, again, what I'm looking at is more 
the positive things. So, you know, you got to be careful when you're watching some of those YouTube highlights and all that. But what I did like about him is that when they put, you know, and I also like the circle, you know, give me the circle so I can kind of see where he is and lines (laughs) up. He's all over the place. See him at right tack, right, uh, right uh, end. See him at left end. I see him kind of come off the the edge from like a traditional outside linebacker and then blitz. See him a couple times up the middle a little bit. He does seem a little light, but that two thirty nine. It's also kind of dynamic, and mm-hmm. he's tall enough to put some some frame on him. And a couple of sacks that I saw in the game were like. 30 seconds to go, game on the line, and he makes the, the play. One against Texas, I think, to win the game. But I'm just saying, we always say that's the type of pass rusher you really want. When the game's on the line, go make the play to win it. I'll say this real quick to uh, my guy, uh, Vach Lombardi, out there who does some some fine work mm-hmm. uh, covering the Cowboys. He actually interviewed uh, Will McDonald, and one of the things that McDonald said was in talking to the Cowboys and Dan Quinn, his quote was, they want me to play all over like Micah Parsons. So essentially, okay. you bring in a guy like that that now has that flexibility where you can throw him at, you can throw him off ball, you can put him on the line of scrimmage, you can have him rushing, you can have him playing a lot of different roles. That just gives you even but, more flexibility in this defense. I'm right? going to say something. I'm going to piggyback on what Amber said earlier, and I, you know, we've been saying it since since the the end of the since halftime of the 49ers game. Like they have enough defensive guys to stop the 49ers from from scoring a lot of points and enough to win the game. They do not have enough playmakers. And I don't know if Brandon Cooks adding him to the mix is just solves the problem. I just think these defensive guys sound great, but man, you you've got to fix the well, offensive playmakers. No, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And maybe maybe Cooks takes you out of like Zay Flowers from Boston yeah. College and yeah. and Downs from North Carolina and Scott from Cincinnati, the shorter receivers. You've already got – how many shorter receivers True. do you want to add? Terpid. If I could throw one more name out yeah. there, that, and this is a guy that I, I'm not super, super, super high on, but there are a lot of people that are super high. You need to keep an eye on Lucas Van Ness, the Iowa defensive end, the edge okay. from Iowa. Uh, I, I, I'm, I think there's some things about him that are really, really good – about him, the way uh, I feel like this, there's some pass rushing stuff. He's not a starter all the time, but the rotational stuff, he does play the run well enough. He's a li- the, I worry a little bit about his strength. He is 17 times with the weights uh, for a defensive end, for an edge. I, I don't think wow. it's great. But I know there's a big, big like about Lucas Van Ness, edge from Iowa. Keep him in mind at 26 if he gets down uh, to Dallas at that spot. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We'll have a few more wrap-up uh, conversations regarding the opening press – I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, the draft press conference. We'll be right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. No one knows where this market will go. 
Right now, it feels like a wild ride. But one thing's for certain, there's a way through it. And the experience and guidance of a Merrill advisor can help you get there. Because where there's a bull, there's a way. Find an advisor in North Texas at ml.com slash bullish. Merrill, a Bank of America company. What would you like the power to do? Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, member SIPC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corp. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. <gasps> Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. <laughs> new Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream. The new flavor you deserve. Back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the break. Tacos and Tunes. That's where you need to go to head to the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival. Presented by Miller Lite on Saturday, May 13th from 2 to 7. There's going to be a lot of tacos, food trucks, all that. DallasCowboys.com slash or visit ATT Stadium uh, slash Tacos and Tunes for more information. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Draft starts uh, tomorrow night, first round. Um, and so we're going to end today's show by doing what we would normally do on a Friday heading into a game weekend. I'm going to nail these guys down and make them tell you who exactly the Cowboys will pick with their first-round selection on Thursday night. I'm just going to tell you right now, because I, I like when we do our gut feeling on the game, I make sure it's the same pick. I, I am I'm subject you're, to change. You're just throwing them all around? I'm subject to change. Have you gotten your pick. envelope yet? Do you still get your envelope? I get envelope. That guy doesn't work here anymore. Oh, well, maybe but, he just knew somebody. Maybe yeah, no, I don't envelope. get any envelopes anymore. And if so, I would open it. I wouldn't he's, a wait. Good, he's a good dude you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, the guy, a former scout, used to give me an envelope, but he made sure that I didn't open it until after the draft. You were good about that, too. And, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he was right. Twice he did that. Um, He'd give it to you long before like, oh, the draft. Yeah, long weeks. before the draft, yeah. yeah. I'm ripping that thing open now if I got an envelope. <laughs> oh, man. Who's the pick? You're on the clock. I, uh, I'll say... I'll say Darnell Wright. I'll say the offensive, offensive tackle. Man, if, if that happens, I'll kiss you. Oh, <laughs> oh. Seriously. Changing my serious. pick. Um, <laughs> Got real kick serious. Punter. <laughs> no. That's how happy okay. I would be about it. Does he play? <laughs> yes. Guard everything, everything you yes. want to say. Yes. Yes. This is a better, more, more athletic Ron Leary. This Ooh, is a tough. He this seems is, like a better and a more athletic. Uh, this guy, parents, and he's super. Like he looks very buff. Did, did, like you compare him to the other three hundred thirty-three pounds. The oh, that's one. big dude. See, yeah. the thing about it is, the problem you're going to run into, and it's a great pick by you, Nick. It's a great pick. The it problem is. is, you can watch him play against Will Anderson from Alabama, who's probably going to go in the top five. Wipe him out. B.J. Ojolari probably going to go in the first round at LSU. Wipe him out. 
You know, that's what I'm saying. He plays against, and even well, where, where's the problem then? Where, where, why is he not? He's top going. 10? He's going. He's going to go. He's. I get him at 19 on my board. Okay. To me, I mean, I, 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 from the minute I watched him play, I'm watching those those games where he's blocking those edge rushers, and I'm going. Well, he he's not getting to 26. Okay. What yeah. am I doing here? Stop mm-hmm. stop being an idiot. You know, the, the the tackle group is not. I mean, there's people that might play this guy at tackle, depending on. I mean, like Johnson from Ohio State, Jones from Georgia, Wright from Tennessee. Those are the three best tackles in the draft. Right. And I'm talking about taking Wright and moving him to guard. Now he's not going to 26. <laughs> not, if he's at 26, that's why I said what I said. Okay. Yeah. You know, because you don't think to, he'll be there. I don't. Okay. I don't think but that, that. would be but, man. But, but, that would be but yes, that's my pick. It's uh, like just... one of those things where you, you know, like you, it, it slides to you there, and he, and he's on the board, and like you say, he's the 19th. All the tags are gone. He's the 19th best player, and you're like, that's who we're taking. Mm-hmm. That guy. That's would, who would, would you be willing to trade up for him? Like, if he's that good and he's there at 21, would you be willing to trade up for him? Because here's what I, I love, love about. I love the guy. What I, I love about I, the idea is, it, I look at this team and. They have the offensive line has slipped from where it was years ago when they had a dominant offensive line. If you go back to back first rounders, you're now rebuilding that, and, and your center's playing better than you maybe thought he was, and and Steele is better than you thought he was. You now are on the cusp of actually having that sort of dominant line again, and they're going to be primarily young guys. So I would love that if you could make it happen. Is that worth you moving up? It would be worth it to me. <laughs> That that you know, there are guys. I understand you know, understand not trading up for the back. I get that. I'm trying to fill a position right now. I, I like Torrance and Avila, and, and I like those guys. Don't get me wrong, but man, if you gave me a shot to draft, because I know this about right. If if something were to happen at right tackle again, he go play right tackle mm-hmm. for you. You know, he's that type of – he is a mean, nasty eliminator of people. Where does Darnell <laughs> – I love that. <laughs> eliminator of people. Uh, he where, did. He eliminated – everybody's talking about – watch – they don't show one highlight of Will Anderson rushing against Tennessee. Uh-huh. Awesome. I, I guarantee you, Bean pulled it up right now. You're not going to see Will Anderson rush against Tennessee. That's awesome. Where, you know, where does day, Darnell huh? Wright play eliminator, eliminator in two people. years? Where does he play in 2024, 2025? I, I want I, – I, I don't move him. I play him – I mean, okay, depending on what's happening at right tackle, and they're, they're, they're kind of giving these yeah. mixed signals about, you know, uh, where – you know where Tyron Smith is going to play. I'm tell you, I've admitted it. I'm wrong. I'm wrong about Steele. I like him at right tackle. Him and Wait a Martin. Minute. How come he wasn't part of your three then? Which one? Darn all right. Because I didn't think he's going to be there. Yeah. He doesn't gonna think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who, who, who? I didn't. I would say Bijan Robinson. I don't think he's going to be there. Who's your, who's your guy? Who's I'm your twenty six? <laughs> I, I told you. I told you who I think. I I, I feel like it, it's going to be one of those tight ends. It's going to be if Mayor goes to say the Commanders at sixteen. That's going to send. I mean, the Cowboy War Room is going to go. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Why? Because they want Kincaid. Kincaid. I think they want Kincaid. Got it. So that's the. But if Kincaid goes first and then it's Mayor, now all bets are off. It's Sanders. It's McDonald. It's others that are kind of in the mix now. Forbes is he? Is he too high? Is that too I, rich? And I just threw him and I threw I threw Van Ness in there both as guys that I kind of feel like the room might like better. Again, that's just my opinion. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not talking to anybody in, in, about it. I'm just. That's how I kind of feel like that they're looking at this thing. Amber, who's your pick? 
I threw Me? a lot of guys at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to stick to an old lineman. Uh, he already did a whole spiel about right. He's a great option. I mentioned Avila, which I I think he can still be available at that point, and I think he can still help you a whole lot this year. Um, I know Torrance is a guy that's been talked about as well. I'm not a huge fan just because – I don't think he has the right size yet to be that guy that comes in year one and gives you what you need. Um, I think he he would need to develop and go into year two, gain some weight and strength in that aspect. So I'm not a huge fan, but I know he's being talked about. I just think, personally, I hope, obviously, there are those star players like Robinson. But other than that, I'm looking for a no-lightman because I think that... uh, you really need it this year. All right. Well, I'm just going to say it for the record. I'm just going to manifest B. John Robinson will be there. He will be We'll there. throw a party if he it happens. Be, oh, yes, we will. We will have a huge party. But I'm just going to keep thinking he's going to be there, and somehow, some way, he's going to drop all the Man. way to 26, <laughs> and Dallas is going to run up there with the card, and this offense nah, is going to be I just hope he said year. Phillies. I hope your heart's not broken at, at Howie Roseman and those guys. Like, <laughs> it will be. All of a sudden, the Giants, but... the Giants bail. The Giants bail. Because Philly knows you're sitting on yeah, the guy. Yeah. Philly knows it's like a need. It's not really. I mean, Philly sees the value in the player. Yeah. Everybody does, the, by the everybody way. Everybody does. Even if it's not Philly. Everybody. There are lots of teams that are going to be sitting there thinking, hey, he's down there. Yeah. Everybody's thinking, how do we jump up? Yeah. And that makes whoever's at the 23rd, 24th, yeah. 25th pick. It makes them opportunity. gives them opportunities to be able to yeah. trade back because there's going to be a lot of teams that are thinking like that if he gets that yeah. far. So it, it's probably not likely, but mm-hmm. I'm just prayerful that that maybe, just maybe, <laughs> the Cowboys pick this guy up and because uh, I do think it would make a big difference for this offense if you get somebody like him involved. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back uh, next week, and we'll break down what happens in the draft. Like I said, the coverage this weekend is going to be phenomenal on our platforms. You got something, Brian? Draft show next. Draft show will be coming up next. Uh, you guys will be getting them ready for tomorrow night. And then, obviously, tomorrow night we'll be on the air starting at, what, 5 or 6 tomorrow? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock tomorrow. You guys will be on me. live. And we'll roll straight through the entire draft from there all the way until the final pick on Saturday. You guys will be wall-to-wall live. So make sure you check all that out. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!